God often reveals his truth to us, whether it is about himself, us, or the relationships therein through the natural world. This is revealed to us by Paul in Romans 1, 19-20, which says, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. This is also true for man-made things such as film, and I would like to show how he does just that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Welcome to episode 17 of Oh How Marvelous, and today we will be talking about Black Panther. So I kind of vaguely remember my theater experience with this movie. I remember seeing it all by myself. I think I was by myself. I don't recall bringing any friends with me or anything, but I wasn't nearly as impressed as most people were with the film. It took me quite a while to come to an appreciation of the art style and what Ryan Coogler presented to us there. Um, but I really enjoy the movie. Um, that's not to say that it's a bad movie at all. It's just that it just took me a while to warm up to what most people had immediately seen within the movie. And so, um, that being said, the movie is fantastic. I love it. Uh, it's probably, I think, I may have put it in my top ten of the MCU films within the Infinity Saga uh, and by the way, I did just finish watching through the Infinity Saga for a recent rewatch. And so um, I plan on, after getting through the Infinity Saga, so after the Far From Home episode, I will come out with an episode where I rank and rate both the Infinity Saga films and the Stan Lee cameos there. Um, and I cannot wait till that episode comes out. I can't wait to record. I feel like it'll be a fun time. Uh, Y'all will get to hear my thoughts on the Infinity Saga and Stanley cameos in general. It'll be great. But as I was saying, I only saw this movie in theaters like once. And I'm pretty sure I was by myself back in 2018. I had just started my second semester of my junior year in college. Um, and so... That was nearly approaching the Infinity War movie coming out later in that year. Um, it's actually Infinity War closed out my junior year in college. So um, I'll talk about more about that uh, when we get there. But for now, we talk about Black Panther. And I did enjoy the film. Um, there is one gripe that I did have with it, though. Um... It was one of those movies that kind of fell victim to a one-off villain kind of thing. It was much like Age of Ultron to me in that I wished that the villain had been an ongoing, not an ongoing villain, but like Age of Ultron, they killed off Ultron. In this, they killed off Killmonger, and I wish they hadn't done that so that he might have been redeemed because he was very much a redeemable person. He... 
just was going about what he was doing in the wrong way. He had great motives, but a bad way of getting there. The ends certainly didn't justify the means with what Killmonger was doing. Um, and so we might talk more about that with the biblical themes portion here. But um, yeah, I just wish that they didn't kill off Killmonger. But given that was my only gripe, um, I just wanted to say, first of all, before we get into the film itself in detail, that Ryan Coogler, to me, is the second best director within the MCU. Obviously, second to the Russo brothers. Um, the Russo brothers came out with Captain America Winter Soldier, Civil War, and then Infinity War and Endgame. Um, you can't really beat the greatness that there is there. I mean, it's hard to beat it. I'm sure it's beatable, but... It's hard to get there, you know, but Ryan Coogler does a fantastic job with this film, both thematically, um, with our art artistical ability there, like just directing what's going on there. I would love to see an assembled on Disney plus of the creation of Black Panther, and I'm sure they're going to come out with one for Wakanda forever. Um, and so I would definitely be watching that when it comes out. That'd be really cool. Um, I would love to see interviews with Ryan Coogler just to see how he did it, what inspired him to do what he did, whatever. Um, so Ryan Coogler, to me, is the second best MCU film director because um, he did a great job with Black Panther and even better job with Wakanda Forever, in my opinion. But we'll get there when we get to Wakanda Forever. So um, that being said, let's go on to my likes of the film, which are quite a bit... So let us begin with the favorites list. First of all, we're going to go with the favorite character. Obviously, it's T'Challa. Come on. Played by Chadwick Boseman, who did such a fantastic job acting the role, um, especially in the ancestral plane scenes, the second one even more especially. Um, we'll talk about that when we get there, though. Um, Poor Chadwick and his family, though. My heart goes out to them. I cannot imagine losing a family member so early on in life to cancer. Um, I had a grandfather pass away to cancer. Um, but, like, he wasn't nearly as young as Chadwick, obviously. Um, he was my grandfather, after all. Um, but in that way, I can relate. But obviously, it's not going to be a one-for-one -one relatability thing there so my heart goes out to the Bozeman family but T'Challa is a fantastic character in and of himself um, so obviously he's my favorite but honorary favorites go to for me Shuri, M'Baku, and Killmonger themselves um, Letitia Wright does a fantastic job as Shuri Winston Duke is amazing as M'Baku and Michael B. Jordan does a fantastic job as Killmonger. He, he well, you could say he killed that performance. Um, but, yeah, they just do a wonderful job in their roles. Um, Ramonda as well, and she really shines in, well, the next movie. But uh, we're not going to talk about that yet because that's kind of spoilery. But, um, yeah, I just loved um, all these characters and the actors in the role. Um Great job with the casting there. Um, so my favorite scene, honorary first of all, honorary 
scenes to mention here are the scene where Shuri is showing um, T'Challa the sneakers, and then he she has him kick his new Black Panther suit and then kick it again only for him to fall back and she records the video because I think that is fantastic. Because one thing that I love about this movie is how it shows the sibling relationship between Shuri and T'Challa. And I love that they just both love each other like any brother and sister really should. Um, and that's fantastic and great. It It's my favorite... It's possibly one of my favorite sibling, well, I guess it should be my favorite sibling relationship within the MCU because I can't think of any other ones off the top of my head right now other than Wanda and Pietro, um, but that's not very long shown here in Age of Ultron, but, um, or Loki and Thor, yeah, duh, what am I thinking, um, and with Hela, but I certainly think, um, that Shuri and T'Challa are my favorite sibling relationship within the MCU. The next honorary scene that I want to mention here is the challenge scene where he fights Killmonger. Because um, obviously, again, the performances are fantastic there. But you can feel the tension in it. Um, and you, the music. The music does a real job creating the tension there too. And ah, there's just so much to love about the this scene here. Um, and then, of course, the other honorary scenes that I want to mention. Something I didn't write down, actually. Um, one of them was the scene where it's right after T'Challa gets back from South Korea. And he's talking to Zuri about the child that his father left behind. Um, and you could tell that Zuri feels so sorry for leaving that child behind. Because um, after all, Killmonger looked up to Zuri as an uncle. Even though he wasn't related by blood, he looked up to him as an uncle. As if he were his own blood. And I... Ugh, the heart gut-wrenching bit in that scene. But the last honorary few scenes that I want to talk about are just all the ancestral plane scenes. Um, and actually, my favorite scene comes from one of T'Challa's ancestral plane scenes. Um, so I'm just going to talk about, right now, the first one, and then Killmonger's ancestral plane scene. Um, one vast difference you see between them is that when T'Challa's in the ancestral plane... He is having a conversation back and forth with his father while Killmonger is interacting with his dad as a kid and then with him being an adult, it's just Killmonger talking to his dad. He doesn't ever really talk to his dad as an adult, which actually makes sense because he was a kid when his dad died. And so, um, that's one interesting thing about the ancestral plane here within this mythos that they created within the Marvel Universe here is that when you interact with your loved ones in the ancestral plane, you're in the same stage of life physically looking as you were when they passed away. 
And so, um, I like that though. Um, but, uh, yeah, my favorite scenes here were, uh, with the ancestral plane stuff. I loved seeing them interact with their fathers. Um, and it makes me wonder, um, how their grandfather would look at this situation. Um, because I think it was their grandfather that gifted um, Cap Shield to Howard Stark, or what would become Cap Shield to Howard Stark back in World War II, um, or even before World War II. I don't know. But yeah, just think about that there. But my favorite scene was T'Challa's second time in the ancestral plane, because that's when he's like, man, we got to stop this. We we got to break these generational sins, which I'll get into later. Um, like, i got to correct these wrongs that y'all have all done. And he kind of solidifies that after coming out of the ancestral plane when talking to M'Baku. And M'Baku's like, you're the first king to come here in centuries. And you think I'm going to listen to you? But then T'Challa just calms him down right then and there by saying, I cannot speak for past kings. So I just love that T'Challa is willing to break the generational sin chain. And so, speaking of which, that does have my favorite quote in there. But there are other honorable quotes to mention here. The first honorable quote to mention here comes from Shuri in the first challenge scene. This one where T'Challa is fighting M'Baku. It's when Zuri's like, uh, is anyone of the royal family that wishes to challenge today? And Shuri raises her hand and says, This corset is really uncomfortable, so can we all just wrap it up and go home? <laughs> I love it. Because uh, it kind of just adds to what M'Baku says later on in the scene where he says, We have watched from the shadows as your scientific... Advancements have been overseen by a child who scoffs at tradition. Plus, it still kind of shows us that Shuri is still a teenager here, even though she's super smart. The next honorary quote I want to mention here is from the first time that T'Challa goes to the ancestral plane and talks to his father, T'Chaka. He um, is like, I am not ready to live without you. And um, what T'Chaka says in response is, A man who has not prepared his children for his own death has failed as a father. And I love that quote. Um, it kind of makes me think about how are my parents preparing me for when they're gone. Um, and also for myself, when I do have kids, how do I want to prepare them for when I'm gone? And uh, yeah, it's just a really challenging quote right there and the last honorary quote here um, that i want to mention comes from t'challa in the credit scene where he's talking in front of the world governments on international television i'm guessing and he says the wise build bridges while the foolish build barriers and again another quote that we might get into during the biblical themes portion here but i just love that i'm sure there's some sort of proverb within the book of Proverbs that talks about this very concept. And so I just love that. But 
My favorite quote comes from T'Challa in the second time that he's in the ancestral plane. And he's basically telling all the Black Panthers before him that y'all were wrong. And this is what he says. You are wrong! All of you are wrong! To turn your backs on the rest of the world! We let the fear of our discovery stop us from doing what is right. No more. I cannot stay here with you. I cannot rest while he sits on the throne. He is a monster of our own making. I must take the mantle back. I must. I must right these wrongs. Man, what a powerful speech. And I love that this is the moment where he decides to break these generational sins here. Um, I'll, I'll get into that later on too. So, um, yeah, but what a powerful speech. I think this is one of the most powerful speeches within the entire MCU. Even topping a lot of Captain America's speeches. And that's saying something because Cap is a really good speaker. And I think that does it for all my favorites within this film. Um, but there is a lot more to talk about here. One of those things is the use of elements within African culture. And I really love it. And it kind of helps me come to an appreciation for it. Um, if you look at the colors of the tribes, um, you got blue, green, purple, and red, I believe. And then if you count the Jabari, you got white as well. Um, and so the outfits that they created for each of these characters and tribes were actually inspired by real life African tribes. And I really like that. Um, there's also, if you notice within the challenge scenes, especially the first one, you have T'Challa wearing a Black Panther mask um, made out of wood or stone or something. I think it's wood. Um, but you also have M'Baku from the Jabari wearing an ape mask, or a monkey mask, should I say. And so just the use of those classical, kind of commonly known African cultural elements, I really like that there. Now, if you think back to the scene in South Korea, um, you have Nakia, Okoye, and T'Challa at the casino there. And the colors that they are wearing are red, black, and green, which are the colors on the Pan-African flag. And so I, I like that nod there and towards that appreciation to African culture there. But also, many people like to say that the language that they're speaking, because you can obviously see in the subtitles, you can see it's... Um, alluded to what language they're speaking, which is a real-life African language. And it's not called Kosa, but that XH sound actually makes a clicking of the tongue from the side of your tongue. Um, and it's pronounced Kosa. That's right. It's it's not Kosa, it's Kosa. Um, something that I know from my mom having grown up in Africa um, and she's taught me a few Afrikaans phrases. Um, and so I've actually wanted to show her a few scenes from this movie just to see how it might um, bring up some memories or whatever. 
but I think that'd be cool. Um, so yeah, uh, you learn something new every day. It's not Kosa, it's Hosa. <laughs> um, so yeah, but I think that's it for my appreciation of the movie in general, except the Stan Lee cameo. Well, I gave the Stan Lee cameo a 6.3. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. It wasn't bad. Um, he's like one of three characters in the entire film that's a white guy. So, I mean, that's nice. But still, um, he had a good cameo. Um, I appreciated it. He got to interact with one of the characters. Actually got to interact with Martin Freeman, which is kind of cool. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the Stanley cameo, so that was pretty good. Um, yeah, I think that does it for my commentary on the movie in general. Again, really good film. I really enjoyed it. Um, took me a while to come to an appreciation of what Ryan Coogler gave us with it. Um, I really enjoyed the character of T'Challa of, ever since he was introduced in Civil War. Um, and I loved Wakanda. Um, just I just never really fully came to an appreciation for what this movie gave us. Um, so yeah, I think that does it for the film talk. So let's get to the devotional. It reads, In Black Panther, T'Challa takes up the throne of Wakanda after his father T'Chaka died in the bombing at the UN, refer to Captain America's Civil War. Through the entirety of Wakanda's history, they have hidden their abundance of vibranium, a highly valuable metal, from the rest of the world in order to protect their way of life. Shortly after T'Challa is officially crowned king, he has a conversation with his ex, who tells him that she would like to see Wakanda help the less fortunate in the world with their great knowledge and vibranium for an improved way of life. Then, a man who goes by Killmonger comes to Wakanda to claim his blood right for the throne as he reveals himself to be T'Challa's cousin. Killmonger appears to brutally kill T'Challa in ritual combat, partly for the revenge of his own father's death at the hands of T'Chaka to claim the throne. In his first meeting with the elders of the five tribes of Wakanda, he announces with his full authority as king that Wakanda will stop hiding in the shadows and immediately begin providing vibranium weapons to the oppressed all over the world so they can fight their oppressors. God calls us to provide for those in need when we are given the ability. That is one of the very first things that the first Christians did. In Acts 5, starting in verse 32, the believers gathered before the apostles and distributed what they had sacrificially among the needy among them as they had need. 1 Timothy 6, 17-19 tells us that those who have abundance should certainly give to those who are in need of those things. For if they keep those things in abundance for themselves, they are storing up for themselves temporary treasures that do not matter in eternity and simply are untrustworthy. But if they do cheerfully give, they store for themselves treasures in heaven, which last for eternity and are certain. During Old Testament times, God commanded that there be cities of refuge established in order for refugees to have a safe haven. This, in principle, applies today for the church to serve as a safe haven for those escaping oppression. We as believers are to welcome refugees with open arms and work with them to bring them to do our part in fighting oppression. 
It becomes revealed that T'Challa did, in fact, survive the beating from Killmonger, so traditionally he still is the king because he also did not yield. Before showing his face to Killmonger, proving that he is alive, T'Challa re-enters the ancestral plane to tell the kings before him, All of you were wrong to turn your backs on the rest of the world. We let the fear of our discovery stop us from doing what is right. No more. I must right these wrongs. He eventually defeats his cousin and regains the throne. In the first mid-credits scene, T'Challa makes true on his words and announces that for the first time in Wakanda's history, it will share its knowledge with the rest of the world and help refugees going forward. Are there some things which you have an abundance of? Do you know anybody in need of any of those things? Will you cheerfully give them those things? Would you rather store up abundance in this life to only have it dwindle away or give your abundance away now and store up for yourself treasures in heaven? Will you help protect those who can't protect themselves? In the Gospels, Jesus tells us that what you do for the least of these, you do for me. What you don't do for the least of these, you don't do for me. What you do unto the least of these is what you do unto me. Um... So if say that you hold back on things that you could give. If you choose not to give what they have need of, but you have plenty of, then you're just choosing to hold back a blessing for someone. Um, you already have plenty of it. You could afford to give it away, give some of it away anyway. So why not give it to someone who has need for it? And also the t- scriptures tell us that um, we may never know that, or if we're doing something for someone who turns out to be an angel in disguise as human. Um, and so it's always best to just give to those who have need. And when I say that we should help fight oppression here, I'm not saying that we should literally battle the oppression that might come down to it, but that should be a last resort to use violence. Um, diplomacy is always the first way to go, and that is more the, the more loving way to do so, because scripture also tells us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us, and we'll get back to that later, um, but yeah, we should also have mercy on our enemies, so we shouldn't just resort to violence to fight oppression, and I, I didn't want to give off that sort of message. We should work to a peaceful resolve as much as possible to end the oppression. And so I have a few more biblical themes that I've noticed throughout this film. This first one actually talks about loving your enemies, and it comes from the scene after T'Challa has finally beat Killmonger again, and he takes him to go see the sunset. Um, And this really shows that T'Challa is actually willing to listen to what Killmonger had to say. Um, and obviously Killmonger became an enemy of Wakanda. And so, um, this was T'Challa really showing grace and mercy towards Killmonger, thus living out what Jesus calls us to do in loving our enemies. Um, he chose to honor his perspective on the issue of helping out with the world, um, and especially played out in the first credit scene, right? Um, but he chose to love him and honor him. Not because 
not just because he was his cousin, but because he knew he was right. And so um, that caused him to make a decision that none of the kings before him chose to, none of the kings or queens, Um, because I think we did see a few women in the ancestral plane there. But yeah, T'Challa really loved out loving your enemies in this scene here. The next theme uh, comes from that scene in the ancestral plane, and I brought it up before, and that is the idea of breaking generational sin. Now, I don't remember which episode it was. I think it might have been Iron Man 2, but I could be wrong. But I do remember reading the passages about um, Abraham um, telling Pharaoh that Sarah was his sister and not his wife. And then Isaac repeating that same generational sin um, to some king that I can't remember with Rebecca. And so... And that's just a demonstration of what generational sin looks like. It's just you're repeating the sins of your forebears. And so I love that T'Challa noticed that all his forebears had this sin where they decided to protect the kingdom in which they ruled by hiding their resources from the rest of the world because they knew that that would make them a world superpower and therefore, kind of in the words of vision from Civil War, that that power would incite challenge. And so they didn't want to incite challenge from the rest of the world. Now, that is admirable. But what that caused them to do was to hide truths. And then those truths became even greater sins. Um, in the case of T'Chaka, that meant that he had to kill his own brother just to hide the fact that they had vibranium. Um, And so that was just a horrible sin, and T'Challa didn't want anything to do with that. And so he chose to break that generational sin. The next biblical theme here kind of comes from that same idea here that these generational sins caused them to lie, and then that lie led to bigger sins. Think about the story of David with Bathsheba for a second. Um, what he did was he saw her bathing on a rooftop, um, as was the custom back then in that culture, but that caused him to commit adultery. And just know that lies leading to greater sin does not necessarily apply just to lies, really. It's just sin that leads to greater sin. And lies is just one of those sins that can do that. So if you think about Again, in the story of David, he was having adultery with Bathsheba. He wanted to cover that up, and so he tried to get Uriah to sleep with his wife. Well, he didn't do it, and so David sent Uriah to the front lines of the war and assured that he would get killed. Um, And then David never really confessed of it until the prophet Nathan approached him about it. Um, And then he confessed, and then... After that, he wrote what we know now as Psalm 52. Um, So I encourage you to read that to show David's repentant heart after that. But again, David committed a lie that led, not a lie, he committed a sin that led to more sin that just accumulated more dead upon his soul. 
so to speak. Um, he, he had become more evil in his commitment to cover up his original evil. And so um, that's why it's important to confess to God up front about what you did and not just try to cover it up because when you try to cover it up, you just commit more sin. Another theme comes up at the last scene before the credits, and it's when Shuri is taken by T'Challa back to Oakland to see the building where their father killed their uncle. Um, and Shuri notices that there's a sign that says it's condemned, and so they're going to tear it down. Um, but T'Challa tells her, actually, it's not being torn down. We're actually going to use it as an outreach center. And that helped me realize um, that he's choosing not to just ignore what took place there. He's choosing to see the horribleness that happened there, but then to redeem it by making it a place where people want to go to seek help. And so a place that was once used to murder someone is now being used to help people. Um, it is the very place where Prince Njobu first told T'Challa that what they're doing is wrong. And now it's a place where that taking into consideration is being used as an outreach center. And so the line here is that it is being repurposed for good. See, God can create everything that we have done, good or bad. He can use it, whether in accumulation or in singularity, to work for our good. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Meaning, he takes all the evil that we have gone through, he takes all the evil that we have done, said, thought, he takes that and redeems it for good. If we didn't have evil in the world, we couldn't appreciate the good. We couldn't see what actually the good means to us. We couldn't at least come to fully appreciate the good or as fully as we can as human beings. But God works together all things for the good of those who love him. It doesn't say for the good of all people. It says for the good of those who love him. So it means that if you truly love God, he can take your story and not necessarily rewrite it, but reshape it to work for your good. For the good of others as well. And that being said, God can take you and your life and what you think your purpose is. And once you find him, you'll realize that he has a purpose for you already. And it's so much better than the purpose that you have for yourself. That's not to say that you will not suffer for your faith. Because scripture actually says that you will. But that is to say that he will use that for his glory so that even others may come to know him. And so the last biblical theme that I want to talk about with y'all tonight, yes, it is nighttime for me right now, 
maybe daytime for you right now, but sure. But the last biblical theme that I want to talk to you all about is derived from the final credit scene where we finally get to see Bucky there. Um, and I imagine there's a lot of people in the theaters who have seen Civil War who are like, okay, Bucky's there and Black Panther's coming up. And so they're probably watching Black Panther thinking, where the heck is Bucky? Um, and then this scene kind of answers that question. But we see that Bucky is sleeping in a hut, I guess you could call it, tent thing. I don't know what they're actually called. Um, but we see that Shuri is still helping Bucky. Um, apparently, she's found a way to wipe his brain of the... Um, Hydra conditioning, um, but he's still recovering from that psychologically. Um, and so he's just in a place of peace. Um, he's living out by a pond, it looks like, it might be a river. But um, Shuri is doing a great job helping him recover um, from all that, um, giving him a time and place of peace. Um, she's also really good with the kids there in that scene, too. And I love that. But what I want to point out here is that he seems to be being helped in the background. It seems that the people of Wakanda don't really know that he's there, but only the people that he interacts with. It's not like Shuri or T'Challa announced, hey, we're helping a colonizer. But um, <laughs> they are helping him in the background. And this kind of just reminds me of when Jesus said, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And for the longest time, I had been trying to figure out what all that passage meant. And then, whether I heard it from a sermon or a video or something, um, it told me that what it means is that you shouldn't let others know all the good deeds you're doing. So, Wakanda had no need to be told or to have the knowledge of the fact that Shuri is helping Bucky. But she did it anyway. She's not doing it to feel good or seem good, but she's doing it because it is good. Um, so don't be like the Pharisees or the Sadducees that like to be seen doing the good works. They're doing it for what the kids would call these days clout. And so... Um, it's good just to do the good for the goodness sake. Um, again, as you do unto others, you do unto me. Um, and so if, even if you do something good just to be seen doing it, um, then how do you think that other person feels? Do you think that they feel that what you're doing is actually genuine? Or do they think that you look at them as just a way of gaining favor with others? And so just look at things from that perspective, too. So just don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And so I think that does it for the biblical theme portion here. Um, feel free to join our Discord. Um, again, message me on any of the social media platforms that we're on. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, and now TikTok. And... Speaking of the TikTok, uh, just look up at Oh How Marvelous Podcast on there and you'll find it. There are some extra content there. 
um, including immediate um, movie reviews. Um, I have a non-spoiler review of Wakanda Forever there. Um, also have some small videos of just funny things or realizations I've had about the MCU and stuff. So yeah, if you want to join the Discord, feel free to message me there or even email me at mcudev, as in Vulture OS, that is mcudevos at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to send you the invite link to the Discord where we can talk about anything and everything, Marvel, God, send prayer requests, all that. Um, feel free to do that. Also, we are on YouTube as well. Um, so just look for Oh How Marvelous Podcast, or it might be under MCU Devos. Uh, I think either way you could find it. Just look for the logo you see on your podcast platform. And yeah, I think that does it for Black Panther. We'll see you next time when we cover Doctor Strange on Oh How Marvelous.